This summer, we get to set down our fear and anxiety and open up to travel and gathering and hugging again. So I know that you and I are going to be spending time outside and getting back to all the activities that make us better versions of ourselves. That's why I've put together a new podcast series for you called Your Upgraded Summer. These are top 10 all-time Bulletproof Radio episodes edited for you in a new way to be only 30 minutes so they work for you when you're spending your time outside. You're going to learn how to improve your nutrition, your sleep, your brain, your gut, your hormones, your immune system, and your energy. And these are the things that people most wanted to hear, the most popular topics. Listen to one, listen to a handful, listen to all 10, but know that you'll be joining millions of people who enjoyed this content the most and asked for more. Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. I'm really pleased to have a, a dear friend, a, just a fantastic human being, a guy with a crazy amount of education and experience across different fields of medicine, a famous author, and someone who I featured in Game Changers on the show again. I'm talking about none other than Dr. David Perlmutter, author of Grain Brain. I think you're also the author of four other New York Times bestsellers and a practicing neurologist and, well, just an overall fantastic guy. David, welcome to the show, man. That's the best best I could do for you, but it still wasn't oh, adequate. Oh my gosh, it's, it's an honor. Your book, Grain Brain, really helped people see that it's not just a bunch of uh, cavemen uh, or uh, or hippies saying, don't eat, uh, don't eat grain. And I have no problem with cavemen or hippies or cavemen hippies for that matter. <laughs> but if you want to get people who you know aren't doing doing lots of research to make a change uh, well here i'm a highly credentialed neurologist and here's the hard science and it's accessible so grain brain really helped to change the conversation to make it normal to go to a restaurant and say uh, don't put gluten in that and they actually know what gluten is but you just rewrote the entire book five years after it came out we we really did uh there was so much enthusiasm in the project i think that was engendered because of the uh, degree and level of science that has come in the past five years that has been so supportive and validating of our original, uh, very much disruptive contention. So, you know, we were, uh, we were talking about uh, gluten and sugar and carbohydrates as being toxins with reference to the brain at a time, uh, this was long ago, this is ancient history five years ago when uh, there was plenty of pushback, though the the science at that time was burgeoning. Uh, you know, the original book was written based mostly, no, I'd say uh, to significantly what brought it about at least was clinical experience in dealing with patients, then finding the supportive science. But as you well know, in the past five years, the uh, science surrounding lower carbohydrate, dare I say, even to the keto extent of ketogenesis, uh, as well as the f more recent science on gluten and non-celiac gluten sensitivity, we'll talk about that, has really been so extensive, so validating. I think the one experiment, the one research project I think that really it, I leverage the most in terms of validating these recommendations is a study that's been going on for 2 million years. <laughs> it is called the human being. And it's demonstrated that you bet a diet lower in carbs, higher in healthful fat, a diet that gives us lots of good nutrient fiber uh, has kept us going for 2 million years. And suddenly, what did we learn 
uh, in the past few uh, days. We learned that for the first time, at least in recent history, that life expectancy for men and women in the United States has not only plateaued, but has now begun to decline. We haven't changed genetically. We certainly have changed the epigenetic signaling that we are now engaged uh, with. It's interesting that you talk about carbohydrates uh, because in in Game Changers, where I, I summarize all this knowledge, one of the 46 laws of, of high performance is feed the little bastards in your gut. And I wrote the law that says the bacteria in your gut control a lot more than you might imagine. They have the power to make you fat, tired, and slow, to give you extra energy to tap into new power or even to make you depressed. They're in the driver's seat, and if you treat them poorly, your performance will suffer. When you treat them well, they serve you. Learn how to make them do your bidding. But they eat, at least primarily, carbohydrates in the form of fiber. Correct. Because fiber is a carb. Is there some carbohydrate confusion? Well, without a doubt. Walk me through that. And indeed, it is carbohydrate confusion because we desperately, desperately need carbs. We are desperately in need of of fiber in the diet, which is by definition uh, a complex carbohydrate that we don't metabolize but is yet metabolized by our gut bacteria. When we throw that baby out with the bathwater, we set the stage for not nurturing these 100 billion organisms that live within us uh, that really depend on your food choices, 100 trillion, depend on your food choices to nurture them to allow you to not just be healthy but be healthier, to be able to combat risk of, of illness moving forward. And in other words, preventive programs. So minus these simple carbohydrates and minus uh, uh, sugar alcohols, for example. So we want to, to uh, understand that we do need fiber. We want people to eat uh, a lot of good fat, a lot of good fiber, not a lot of uh, uh, protein. So uh, by and large, though, I would indicate that uh, the more plant-based is your diet, the better off you will be. If you choose to have a, a garnish of red meat, then uh, it should fulfill the criteria I just uh, proposed. Uh, wild fish uh, as well, uh, some free-range chicken. You know, there are multiple levels upon which we can discuss uh, these dietary uh, nuances uh, directly in terms of the macronutrients and micronutrients. But the second order, which really I think should probably be the first order, would be how these things are viewed through the lens of the gut organisms. If you're listening to this and you're saying, well, you know, I'm 20 and I'm inflamed right now and 24 years later, I'm going to have a high risk of all this stuff. It, it appears we can either fully or almost fully mitigate the the problems of having inflammation when you're young as long as you undo the inflammation because that's been my own experience my hippocampal volume is in the 86 87th percentile for people my age so my brain didn't shrink even though i was 300 pounds and screwed up and ate all the wrong stuff and had inflammation everywhere you can probably have inflammation and uh, i i i keep it under control really dramatically and my brain works better now than it did in my 20s but do you think i'm still going to pay the cost of we'll say those years of hard living for the first quarter century of my life? Well, I think that there uh, is a debt, and I think that uh, you've probably paid the debt back and and then some. So I think you've put money back in the bank based upon the things that I know you're doing now. So uh, I, I think you've undone the damage and you're ahead of the game. Uh, you've 
demonstrated that through your uh, voxel imagery of your hippocampus, as you just uh, mentioned. Uh, but the, those people who do not do the work have great risk. And I'll, and I'll give you yeah. another. Uh, there you go. So I hope you feel better. Well, uh, also, I want so people listening, but you can start, you can change it. And I, I was in, I, I was the worst example, I think, of what you could get because I, of the pre diabetes, the high risk of stroke and heart attack, the high inflammation markers across a whole bunch of different things. Uh, pretty much everything bad on the list of aging other than maybe cancer. Uh, I didn't have Alzheimer's, but I had cognitive dysfunction, but just, just, a really, really not an autoimmune stuff. So if I can get to where I am, you probably weren't as far down the hole as I was. So it should take you less work than it did me. But if you do the work, you can get yourself to where you're actually younger than, than you were before, which is kind of cool. Just about all of the fatty plaque in people have heart disease. And they found that it doesn't come from egg <laughs> yolks. It doesn't come from butter. It doesn't come from beef fat. It doesn't even come from bacon. It comes from microbes in your gut. The evidence is in gut bacteria are what's causing heart disease. Because if you eat meat and you have the gut, the wrong gut bacteria, they make that TMAO stuff we talked about earlier. And even if you don't have that TMAO stuff, even if you eat vegetables, if you have plaque in your arteries, it was made by your gut bacteria. Do you believe that's the case? I mean, I believe the study. It looked well done. There's there's no way to argue with you know the isotopes they're looking at in, in this stuff. But what's your take on that? How How real is it? Well, I'm not, you know, it's not the end all cause, but I think that again, it, uh, it really speaks to this notion that the health vitality of our, um, and diversity, perhaps the most operative word here of our gut bacteria is, uh, massively important in determining our health destiny. Lowering inflammation in your body and lowering your blood sugar to reduce glycation of proteins is so very important. One graph uh, that I included in Grain Brain and now uh, with the new release of the revised edition, I included because it's so compelling is the relationship of A1C to brain shrinkage. Higher A1C, higher rate of brain shrinkage. It's linear. You've got to know that. And having an A1C of six, uh, when your doctor says, oh, you're not diabetic, everything's cool. Go home, keep doing what you're doing. That does not jive with the the science that's telling us that a hemoglobin A1C of 8.16 is good for you. That's BS. Uh, you need your A1C down to 5.2. Uh, and that's pretty much uh, take that one to the bank. Once, how low How low would you go if you if you could set it as low as you want it? Like, you I, know, I don't want to be I, average. I, I want to live 180. I don't know the answer to that. But I will tell you that uh, one thing I've learned uh, over the years is that there is this notion of what we call the um, the U-shaped curve, or yeah. or perhaps the sweet spot, uh, where uh, too low uh, or, or the sin, uh, uh, Goldilocks area, right? Where mm-hmm. the once the porridge was too cold, the porridge was too hot, and this one's just right. So uh, we know that uh, higher A1Cs, for example, are correlated to uh, cognitive decline. But, uh, you know, we've been talking for years about uh, keeping your, not just your blood sugar low, but actually your insulin level low. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols 
to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. Even some of these studies that you talk about in Grain Brain over the last five years, we're starting to understand enough that maybe we can get these numbers dialed in. So I don't have to do the guesswork. So the biohackers listening, and certainly there's a lot of people listening who are not biohackers and don't go out and do all the stuff. They just want to feel good and perform well. And uh, I I think we're sort of failing them by not saying, you know, here's the number. And you did it right here, uh, Dr. Perlmutter. Like, okay, you want to have a number of 5.2. You don't want it to be six and you probably don't want it to be four. But that's based on very recent knowledge Mm. versus uh, most of the the other lab metrics. When you get it back, what the lab tells you is garbage for the reference range because you don't want to be normal. Normal people die. Yeah, well, uh, that's in the the normal range. Yeah. And what is normal these days? Normal is, by definition, average. We, uh, you know, that's how they develop uh, these lab values. You take a large number of people, and then they use one standard deviation on either side of the of the peak, and they say that's in the normal range. And I think that's a huge disservice uh, to people who want to be optimized raises this discussion of personalized medicine, where we want to know about Dave Asprey specifically, Uh, not your wife, not your neighbor. We want to know about you. What's your pedigree? What does your microbiome look like? What do your current uh, biometrics look like? And from that, we'll develop a program that is best for you. Now, having said that, and it's in, I gave this talk at uh, Jeff Bland's Personal Lifestyle Medicine Institute uh, conference, I guess it was two months ago, that, uh, you know, that's the future. That's the best we can do. And we should extrapolate from that information back to the notion of making the broad stroke recommendations. There's great value in the broad stroke recommendations in terms of those you know, the, the, the broader reach of the population that's not going to necessarily be able to participate in a very in-depth uh, personalized medicine approach. And those broad stroke recommendations are uh, that you've got to cut down on your simple carbohydrates. You've got to understand what is the notion of net carbohydrates. And by all means, as we talked about at the beginning of this uh, discussion, not eliminate uh, the fiber by definition, a complex carbohydrate from your diet. That dietary fat, if you're careful about what that fat is in terms of its type, is fundamental to your health. Understand the discussion, Dave, that you and I had earlier with reference to meat and its quality. And beyond that, look at the things like sleep and uh, the, the, the restorative nature of sleep and uh, uh, exercise, for example, as broad stroke recommendations that we really need to engage. The the main premise of Grain Brain, and now with the revision, has always been to appeal to the the larger audience. Yes, we made a few specific recommendations in terms of fasting insulin, a vitamin D level, a hemoglobin A1C, fasting blood sugar, amount of exercise to get, looking at your sleep, getting a sleep study, as it were, as one type of intervention uh, of study to understand uh, 
you know, who you are and, and what your risks are. But by and large, it's the broad strokes that I believe everyone can do. And, you know, uh, one of the recommendations I make uh, in, in the book, and again with the revision that's coming out next week, and that is um, you do have to buy something. I am wanting you to buy something, and here's the pitch. Here's what you got to buy. Oh, and people are saying, oh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> yes, you need to go out and buy a new pair of, of sneakers. That's it. I mean, if you have to do one thing and buy one thing, go out and get a new pair of sneakers. It's so undervalued that our sedentarity is killing us. Uh, in And, you know, people think, oh, I've just got to get the project finished. I've got to, uh, whatever it is. And, you know, by and large, our work is done uh, uh, by sitting and uh, in front of the computer. Uh, you and I are doing it right yep. now. Uh, this is the only time of day that I'm going to really be doing this. And I've already had my aerobic workout for the day. I'm going to do another one in just a bit. But that said, that's that's a huge issue. And again, it's something that everybody can do. I, For me, I would say, even if it's walking uh, to the mailbox and coming back, that's a start if you didn't do that before. You talk about something else in the new grain brain that wasn't a big focus in the old one. You talk about ketosis. And we've also talked about these Goldilocks zones. And uh, my uh, uh, at the beginning of this, you, you said what I think is going to be the title of the show, Why, why You Desperately Need Carbohydrates. Uh, because like, what? Well, you do. It, it's called- Great idea. It, it's called- You should definitely yeah. do that with Dr. David Perlmutter. People are going to really say why that's fantastic, WTF. Go ahead. Totally. I mean, you're going to have to listen to the show and realize that, that you're, you're actually correct. Like if you don't have anything to feed your gut bacteria, you're wrong. But there's definitely people, it'll cause a, a, a double take for sure. But, uh, and, and there's an ideal number for that stuff. And clearly you and I are not going to be in the camp of, of high carbs ever. Uh, but also the zero carb is maybe going too far. Um, with ketosis, uh, I, I see some of the, the, the sort of fans of, as long as it's not a carb, I'll eat it type of ketosis, uh, saying, oh, you know, I, my blood levels are two, three, four, you know, my ketones are higher than yours. I, I took these non-bioidentical exogenous ketones and, you know, look what happened. And, uh, I've, I mean, I have a, a belief based on, on the studies I've seen and all about a good number of ketones for people. But I want to know what you think after writing the new grain brain because you you've put a big more a lot more focus on keto because you're a neurologist because now five years after you wrote the first one we know way more about ketones in the brain you know there's something going on what's the number that people what's the max what's the min what's the average where should we be well again you know we're we we want to try to find that Goldilocks zone yeah. and and I think it has to be contextual I think we have to look at uh, not just ketones and we'll get there in just a moment but in the context of also your fasting blood sugar. So uh, again, we want our fasting blood sugar, as I've said before, in the 70s, in the 80s. Uh, I'm, I'm lower than that, but I'm okay with it. Um, so, uh, you know, what, it, again, these are just, you know, uh, general recommendations. And I'd like to see people getting their uh, beta-hydroxybutyrate as a specific ketone that is measured, uh, which does require a finger prick. Uh, to be at least 0 0.5, 0 0.7, 0 0.8 in that range. Hallelujah. I was going to say 0. <laughs> 0.5 to 0. 0.8. That's that's yeah, all the numbers go. I've and seen. Okay. It is not one. It is not three. It is not five. You might want to spike it for something, but having it high all the time is is bad. And uh, okay, why those ranges? I, I mean, the, I know there's two studies I love, but you probably have more. Well, I think that uh, that's a heck of a lot of beta-hydroxybutyrate uh, floating around, 
uh, doing what it needs to do. And to be clear, the research demonstrates a absolute linear correlation between uh, brain levels of beta-hydroxybutyrate uh, emulating uh, what we find in the blood. And these are research would demonstrate that these levels of beta-hydroxybutyrate in the brain are actually very active. And, you know, this is, uh, you know, some of the research uh, that Dr. Bredesen has leveraged in terms of his recommendations, which fall into the same range as you and I just quoted, uh, w- allowing people actually the ability to recover, to recover from Alzheimer's disease. So, you know, I, I take a, a big push from that. I also think that um, it is uh, achievable by the common man uh, that it is, you know, it certainly may be enhanced by adding uh, MCT oil or coconut oil to the regimen. But I think even uh, with a fairly well-defined ketogenic diet, to get that level most of the time is a good thing. I also believe that the hormesis uh, or the stress uh, metabolically uh, that is imparted by a little bit lower blood sugar from time to time and therefore a slightly higher a 1 to 1.5 uh, range of beta-hydroxybutyrate has got to have some uh, downstream positive effects when you stress the body that way, mimicking fasting. That brings up uh, another idea of fasting mimicking, but mimicking caloric scarcity. And I think yeah. the body goes into a really protective mode. There's no food. We've got to start changing uh, what's what genes are expressing and what genes are not expressing because we don't have access to a caloric resource here. Uh, at, at the same time, I would indicate that uh, having a higher blood sugar uh, from time to time, not higher than normal, but just letting it come up a little bit. And so cycling through this looks like, based upon really fairly recent research, to be more in line with mimicking our uh, paleolithic environment and also allowing genes to be more adept at expressing themselves. Uh, but again, I think that uh, you bring to mind these, uh, you know, if it's, as long as it's not a carb, I'm going to eat it. You can absolutely uh, have a, a very detrimental uh, effect on your ability to get into ketosis and lower your blood sugar if you're eating lots and lots of meat, for example, or yeah. just protein in general. And I think that's such an important concept uh, through the notion that high levels of amino acids, the breakdown products of protein, can be reassembled through a process in the liver called gluco sugar, neo new genesis. Making new sugar is enhanced in, in that uh, scenario where you're eating, you go ahead and say, if it's meat, I'm going to eat it. And, you know, and basically, again, Atkins Redux, apart from the uh, this mTOR consideration where you're activating a pathway that really... Um, is profoundly detrimental, uh, leading to cellular death, pre-programmed death, and leading to mitochondrial failure. So, you know, maybe maybe what we're saying seems complicated, but again, uh, I think that people should, uh, you know, based on current data, and, uh, let's be clear, you know, we may, you and I may get together five years from now and say we learn uh, through current research that the world is flat. And we're going to say, uh, here, we were wrong. A world that wasn't round, it's flat. I guess I could be open to that. It'd be a, it'd be a stretch. But uh, what we understand now, and it's again, it's bolstered, as I mentioned, by two million years of of uh, being uh, tested on the on the racetrack. That uh, you know, a diet that doesn't have 
simple carbohydrates that has lots of carbs. Perlmutter's saying eat a lot of carbs, the title of this podcast. But these are carbs that are fiber, that are nurturing your gut bacteria, that isn't eating meat and eggs and cheese and milk products all day. No, that's not what we're saying. Mostly plant-based, but not entirely, if uh, if that is your and choice. And plant-based does not mean eating basically flour all the time, grains, only beans, uh, rice, uh, starch, right? So, so we're almost like mostly plants, but not plant babies. I, I, I don't know exactly how to express that to people. You're <laughs> talking about green vegetables uh, when you say mostly plants, uh, uh, not, not so much, you know, potatoes that are also plants. That's right. And we say basically above ground uh, vegetables, above ground, because these are vegetables that by and large, aside from their seeds that you, we'll get to in a moment, uh, by and large, don't store uh, carbohydrate in the form of starch. So uh, having a, a, a couple of potato, uh, not potatoes, but you know, a few pieces of potato or carrot, uh, which does grow under the ground, yeah. uh, turnips, whatever, they're not unreasonable. Um, but you know, we certainly want to avoid the seeds of grass, uh, because the products derived therefrom are generally going to spike your blood sugar. And, uh, if it's wheat, barley, or rye, and now even oats, of course, you're going to get exposed to gli- uh, gluten uh, and specifically part of it called, uh, gliadin. And, you know, we, we, um, really spoke about in grain brain five years ago, the work of a British researcher, Marius Hajivasalu, who I think was really the pioneer uh, in terms of the notion that uh, gluten can have extra intestinal effects, meaning in effects outside of the digestive system. What a notion. Uh, and uh, so he was even very clear that neurological conditions, issues, uh, manifestations can occur in response to being sensitive to this protein called uh, gluten. And uh, that was, you know, resounded uh, the rejection of his, uh, although he published in the journal Lancet, I might add, but there was a resounding rejection of his, um, his concepts, which I felt were very, very valid. And since that time, as you well know, this notion of non-celiac gluten sensitivity has been absolutely supported globally by literature to the extent that even the Journal of the American Medical Association in 2017 published a very extensive review uh, with Harvard researchers contributing to this review. In fact, Dr. Alessio Fasano was quoted, uh, was a contributor to this study, absolutely affirming for us the notion of non-celiac gluten sensitivity and the uh, the notion that gluten sensitivity can have significant extra intestinal manifestations that may involve the brain. So when we talked in uh, five years ago about movement disorders, about uh, ADHD, uh, other issues with cognition, uh, headache, for example, uh, possibly, possibly being related to gluten sensitivity because science supported that, yeah, there was pushback, but now, my goodness, now it's really becoming much more accepted. And I am, um, I'm really grateful to, for the degree of validation. Uh, Dr. Perlmutter, this is why yeah, your work matters. And I just have to say thanks. Uh, thanks for the new grain brain. Thanks for your decades of work in the field. It has made a big difference. And I, I appreciate it. And if you love today's show, 
you should check out the new Grain Brain. And if you happen to order it on Amazon at the same time you order Game Changers, they'll be stuck together for other people. Oh, there you go. Forever. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Thanks again for being on the show. Thanks for being such a great friend and such a a big, dare I say, Game Changer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will tell you that I was very, very honored uh, not only to be uh, spoken about uh, in terms of my work in your book, but to be uh, supportive of the book in general, because um, it, it's it's a really a great resource. Because you know we must learn from others, and and you've cultivated an incredible cadre of individuals who absolutely, by definition, have been game changers and are helping moving the ball down the field. Uh, you know, challenging the status quo. If you like today's episode, well, I already told you what to do. Go ahead and read something good. You know the good stuff to read. Thanks for listening. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.